A reading from the book of the prophet Ezekiel. Thus says the Lord God, I myself will look after and tend my sheep, as a shepherd tends his flock. When he finds himself among his scattered sheep, so will I tend my sheep. I will rescue them from every place where they were scattered. When it was cloudy and dark, I myself will pasture my sheep. I myself will give them rest, says the Lord God. The lost I will seek, the strayed I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, the sick I will heal, but the sleek and the strong I will destroy, shepherding them rightly. As for you, my sheep, says the Lord God, I will judge between one sheep and another, between rams and goats. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. is my shepherd, I shall not want. In verdant pastures he gives me repose. The Lord is my shepherd, there's nothing I shall want. Beside restful waters he leads me, he refreshes my soul, he guides me in right paths for his name's sake. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. You spread the table before me in the sight of my foes. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. goodness and kindness follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord for years to come. The Lord is my shepherd, there is nothing I shall want. A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians, brothers and sisters. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For since death came through man, the resurrection of the dead 
came also through man. For just as Adam all die, so too in Christ shall all be brought to life, but each one in proper order, Christ the first fruit. Then at his coming, those who belong to Christ, then comes the end, when he hands over the kingdom to his God the Father, when he has destroyed every sovereignty and every authority and power. For he must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy to destroy is death. When everything is subjected to him, then the Son himself will also be subjected to the one who subjected everything to him, so that God may be in all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. the kingdom of our father David that is to come. reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus said to his disciples, When the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit upon his glorious throne and all the nations will be assembled before him. And he will separate them one from another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. A stranger, and you welcomed me. Naked, and you clothed me. Ill, and you cared for me. In prison, and you visited me. Then the righteous will answer him and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you drink? When did we see you a stranger and welcome you, or naked and clothe you? When did we see you ill or in prison and visit you? And the king will say to them in reply, 
Amen. I say to you, whatever you did for one of the least brothers of mine, you did for me. Then he will say to those on his left, Depart from me, you accursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, and you gave me no food. I was thirsty, and you gave me no drink. A stranger, and you gave me no welcome. Naked, and you gave me no clothing. Ill and in prison, and you did not care for me. Then they will answer and say, Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or ill or in prison and not minister you to your needs? He will answer them, Amen, I say to you, what you did not do for one of these least ones, you did not do for me. And these will go off into eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. The Gospel of the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. I must admit that I stand before you this morning with a certain amount of fear and trembling. Um, from many quarters this morning, I have been uh, cautioned. No, let me be more blunt. I have been threatened that I should do all that I can to get you out of here by noon. <laughs> so that uh, you may not miss uh, the uh, magnificent game between the New Orleans Saints and the Atlanta Falcons, <laughs> who are playing for first place in the uh, junior NFL, the Southern uh, Division of the NFL. And uh, if not, if I did not do that, uh, no one would be responsible for what may happen to me. Uh, well, I would think that having looked at the saints this year, that you would spend a great deal more time in prayer than in threatening me, if you want to know the truth. But leaving that nonsense aside, uh, you know, life is, uh, life is often full of concentrating on the sizzle and missing the substance. It's easy to do because our society today accentuates the visual much more so than the printed word. We're into pyrotechnics and all kind of amazing things that they do with videos and all of this sort of stuff spectacular fireworks and all of that. Uh, one restaurant even advertises the importance of uh, the sizzling plate which you get your food on and so on. And uh, we can overlook how the food might taste or what is really going on. We focus on the sizzle and we miss the substance. And that can happen to us this morning as we celebrate the end of this liturgical year with the Feast of Christ the King. Um, we have to focus on the substance. And the substance has to do if we can lay aside our kind of innate American 
suspicion and disdain for this whole notion of king and kingship because that's something that uh, we rebelled against from the beginning because we're extremely uh, cautious, if not downright hostile, to the idea of some kind of permanently ruling class over us. And so this idea of talking about Christ the King and the idea of talking about a kingdom can give us a kind of almost natural reflexive repulsiveness about this. Somehow are we trying to uh, elevate the Pope or Jesus into some kind of king or Lord? Are we reverting back to all of the Middle Ages and all of that sort of stuff? Um, it's important for us to keep into perspective the substance of the idea of kingship and kingdom. The central preaching of Jesus of Nazareth when he comes and begins the public ministry right at the beginning, repent and reform your lives. The kingdom of God is at hand. That's the central, that's the central theme of Jesus' preaching throughout his three years of the public ministry. The kingdom of God is at hand. Now, when we hear the word kingdom, naturally we think of it in terms of a noun a geographical area, a region, a palace, some kind of uh, imposing and impressive uh, edifice. We think of boundaries, jurisdictions. That's not the way the Bible uses the word. For the Bible, the kingdom of God is not a noun, it's a verb. It's very important to keep in mind. Kingdom in the Bible, on the lips of Jesus, is a verb and not a noun. The kingdom of God is God's active, present ruling in his creation and in his world, in the lives and hearts of each and every one of us. And that reigning and that ruling, the actual administration the actual doing of God's active presence in God's creation is always present from the very moment of creation when God speaks creation into existence and above all, what makes human beings different in the book of Genesis, among many things, is that God fashions each and every one of us. He's like an artist, and his fingerprints, his fingerprints are on those figures. As they're being molded, he takes the clay or the slime of the earth, fashions them as a divine artist with pottery, carefully carefully proportioning it. But then it's just a piece of porcelain, a piece of clay. But then in the active part, beyond the handwork or the handiwork of God, the Bible tells us it's the Dabar Yahweh, 
the very life breath of God that is breathed into that figure. And God pronounces, here is one fashioned in our image and our likeness. That is the active rule of God in our lives. Now perhaps all of that uh, sounds uh, enormously abstract in some kind of biblical and theological tall weeds somewhere. Sounds fine, we've heard it, but where does the, where does the biblical rubber meet the road? The road of my everyday life. Where, where does that take place? I would suggest to you it takes place very concretely and specifically and directed to each and every one of us in the gospel reading this morning. The gospel reading this morning. Where is God's active rule taking place? Where, where, where is it? I mean, again, the active reign and rule, okay, it's a verb, it's up there, all right, I, I get that part, mm, okay. Uh, but it's certainly not waving scepters or being anointed or having crowns on the head. Where is it? Jesus tells us where it is. God is actively reigning and ruling when each of us, on those occasions, give food to the hungry. God is present and God is ruling. When we clothe the naked and give hydration to the thirsty, Christ is there, reigning and ruling. In you and me, we are privileged to be those vessels of the very presence of God. In your own homes, when your children come to you and they're confused, they're hurt by some part of life, they're not sure what path to take, and you call time out and you devote your attention to your child. And you give your child one of the most precious things you can give them, your time and your attention. Christ is there. The kingdom of God is reigning and ruling. And you are its vessels. When you keep company with the fallen, those who have played fast and loose with life. And rather than give them a lecture or to make them feel worse than they've made themselves feel, you offer a word of comfort, a word of fraternal correction, but always a word of mercy and forgiveness and hope. Christ is there with arms wide open, as the song says, he'll pardon you. It is no secret what God can do. It can't be a secret. It can't be a secret. And God is reigning and ruling for those who sit by and keep company with the sick and the dying. 
that they not die alone. One of the most important things about monastic life is that no monk, no sister, dies by themselves. When a monk or a nun or a sister reaches a stage where the hour of their death is imminent, around the clock, the community takes turns. Every minute of every hour of every day that it takes, a member of the community is present because the great fear is the fear of dying alone, of being abandoned. As the world keeps going with its everyday activities, Christ is present when you keep company with the dying and the sick. When you have the opportunity to visit the imprisoned, those who are locked up for maybe terrible crimes. And no one wants to be around them. They're the least of our brothers and sisters who wants to be around criminals. Well, Christ was declared a criminal by the state and given the death penalty. Yet the Blessed Mother Mary, St. John, they were at the foot of the cross, keeping company with the condemned. Christ is present. God's reign is present. For today, we live in a society that is very much self-absorbed. A great symbol of that self-absorption. You see it. It's amazing to me, but you see it. People with these uh, phones, you know, that we have to have, otherwise we could not exist. We have these phones. And you see people taking these pictures of themselves. The selfie. The selfie is a magnificent symbol of where our culture has so much become today. And now, just yesterday, I saw this commercial in which this phone is being advertised as taking the most spectacular selfies imaginable. You can do things now with, with this phone that lets you do selfies that you can't do with any other phone. Now, now, just let that roll around your head for a moment. It's like Facebook. Look, I'm stuck with this face. Why anybody else? would want to look at this face, I have no idea. But okay, we have Facebook, you know. I mean, uh, uh, I went to McDonald's and had a Big Mac and it was delicious. Jane. Now that hardly rates the inbreaking of a breaking news event, but somehow it's there because somebody wants to know it. And we have People walk around comparing their worth by how many followers do you have? Well, I have 500. I have 5,000. Jesus had 12. I guess he, oh, 
goodness, can you imagine? He'd probably take his cell phone away from him if he had one today. You don't deserve one, I'm sorry. You don't meet the minimum standards of uh, any self-respecting cell phone user. What's wrong with you? Go back to the black old rotary phone. Um, that's where we are today. But the kingdom of God, the active reign of God is saying, the way to true happiness and blessedness and peace is to decenter the self, turn off the self, daily die to the self, so that you may truly live. Often the most miserable, tormented people are those who are self-absorbed. Their whole world is themselves, and everything must revolve around it. And if it doesn't, there's something wrong. And yet Jesus says, if you wish to follow me, deny your very self. Deny your very self, not take a selfie. Deny your very self. Pick up your cross and your burdens and follow me into life eternal. And the fulfillment of life here. They once asked Mother Teresa, they said, it must be, one of the journalists asked, they said, oh, Mother Teresa, it must be very, very depressing for you day after day after day to go among all these dying people and deal with them on the streets of Calcutta as they're simply laying there, dying and wasting away. It must be very depressing. And she said, depressing? She said, I have never been so blessed and happy for I touched the face of Christ. Never been so happy. Then when we get out of ourselves, that's when we truly find ourselves. It's when we are self-absorbed that we truly become an inauthentic, isolated, and shriveled self. The kingdom of God, the reign of God, it's present. God is reigning and ruling Whenever we extend ourselves beyond ourselves, God is present. I'll end with this. Uh, several years ago, very popular song, and I may have it wrong, but by the popular singer and now has gone into legend, Janis Joplin, had a song, and uh, Part of the lyric was, freedom's just another word for nothing else to do. One could hardly be so wrong about something. Freedom is anything but nothing else to do. True freedom, true freedom is to be that vessel of God's active reign and rule in that part of the world that you touch every day. Every day. 
You can be a vessel of God's rule, God's kingdom. There is nothing abstract about that. It is as real as you. It's as needed as it has always been. God actively ruling. And it is among the least that Christ is most present. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen.